0: You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com.
1: He's five foot two and he's six feet four. He fights with missiles and with spears. He's all of thirty one. And he's only 17. He's been a soldier for a thousand years. He's a Catholic, a Hindu, an atheist, a Jain, a Buddhist, and a Baptist, and a Jew.
2: Welcome and to knows- Axe to Grind, a hardcore podcast that's only going to be tangentially hardcore today. Uh, I'm Patrick. I'm Bob. And I'm Tom. And I think you guys can probably uh, guess the vibe. Uh, The United States is uh, fucked at the moment and uh, there's a lot of stuff to care about. That doesn't mean that you don't need some type of entertainment. I'm not having that conversation. Go watch your fucking anime if you want to. It's got nothing to do with anything. It's just we thought it would be particularly tone deaf if, if we were doing our normal glib fucking smiling bullshit. Uh, in the in the face of like a very serious thing so not not to like take your escapism here and make it too real world but i don't think we'd be doing the hardcore community so to speak any favors if we didn't address the fire outside of our house So uh, that's going to be this episode. We're going to be highlighting the fact that there's a a lot of, of hardcore bands and not hardcore bands to be Frank doing a lot of good things at this moment. So, uh, I am a guy who cannot go a full 10 minutes without getting himself in trouble. So I'm going to put, I'm going to put this microphone down for a moment and let Tom talk.
0: Okay. Okay. So, I mean, yeah. Uh, the United States of America are on fire. Um, we are under siege by um, pe- some, you know, folks that were voted in to power by some folks that we don't necessarily agree with. Um, and I think um, it's it's really it's it's a terrible, terrible time. And like I had conversations with friends of mine that live, you know, in Ireland and other places, and like like what the fuck does this look like? To other people you know what I mean we see this and it doesn't seem real you know when you see right. it in you know in Greece or in Egypt like it just is like I you know but like when you see it on happening when you're like yo I know that corner I know that store like I know where this happened and like it makes it so much more um so much more tangible and it, it makes it so much more kind of a real, I guess, and I think you know we would be remiss without talking about you know Miss Taylor in Louisville and Mister Floyd in Minnesota, and just the absolute fucking craziness that um, that you know cost these two folks their lives to to you know living just like anybody else, and and kind of to deal with the like the absolute fucking militarization of police, you know and. And kind of seeing um, how much it hurts, you know, people that I care about, people that I love, people that are in our scene, people that are that I'll never meet and just kind of seeing everyone's stories and kind of stuff. And the one kind of I mean, if there's a fucking light in the darkness, but I don't know if there is. But I think the one thing that kind of heartened me was seeing like hardcore and punk kids like stepping up. Like they do more often than not. And I think um, hardcore doesn't always get the – and punk especially, you know, doesn't always get the, the the you know, the praise it deserves. I think, you know, we always – you know, on the podcast we always talk about hardcore and punk kids being like – we're always in the forefront of something. Whether it be social media, whether it be – whatever it is, technology, punk and hardcore kids, for some reason, we're always the first. I don't know how it works, you know. Early adapters, for sure. Yeah, you know, and I think – You know, just to see whether it be bands that are, you know, donating test presses, whether it be fucking bands that are doing, you know, limited shirts to to donate money to different causes. And, you know, whether it be like Black Lives Matter or or the different bail funds around the country, you know, labels, you know, all, you know, all the sponsors for us have done incredible things so far, you know, and kind of putting their money where their mouth is and donating money from their streaming, from their band camps, from this, from that, from their merch stores. It's like, you know, seeing that. And then really, and this is kind of what, to me, where social media really is is a positive thing. Seeing all of our friends and all of our fucking family and hardcore, like out there doing the, you know, like, and really kind of pressing forward, you know what I mean? Whether it be in Richmond or in New York or in fucking, you know, Louisville you know what I mean we see you guys you know like those dudes prove themselves you know what I mean out in California and Seattle and Portland like everywhere it's like you know it's to see everyone kind of really raise up and it's not you know it's not um, it's it's, it's a pretty dividing line it's you're either racist or you're not and you know and it's all of us against the fucking racists you know what I mean? And I think no matter what you made, you know, and and, and uh, no matter what you think about financial things, whether it be about your fucking taxes, about your, you know what I mean? That's all out. You used to be able to make an argument that like, oh, well, you know, my dad's a Republican because he believes like, you know, you shouldn't have to pay taxes or you should have to do this. You, that's done. There's, there's, you don't want to be on the wrong side of fucking history. Yeah. And I, and I think with, you know, what's going on now, like, fuck your taxes. Like you, ha- we have somebody that's in charge, hopefully for a few more months or less. Cause I mean, I went to school for psychology. If I've ever seen someone who should have the 25th amendment called on them, I, I you know, yeah, there's sure. no one more appropriate for that at this point. Um, but just to kind of see, you know, all these folks like coming together, like, you know we would we would if we couldn't bear we tried to compile a list let's put it that way um earlier this week we're kind of like hey you know what's going there's so much stuff going on in punk and hardcore to support what's happening in a positive way it's almost impossible to compile and like that's a fucking pretty good problem to have 100 percent. you know um Sorry, Bob. I was, I was a bit on a soapbox. So if you'd like
1: no, to, no, 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 no. I, I want to let you go. Um, no, it's a great problem to have, and um, we we would direct everyone to. If you're not someone who uses social media, um, or you know, doesn't always have time for it, um, if you're if you're curious about what we're talking about, please go take a look. This is a good time to check in on that, because we know there are people who listen to our podcasts who who. Don't, don't really do the social media thing. Um, Dig around. I am certain that some of your favorite bands, certainly some of our favorite bands are doing really cool cause related things. The money is going to uh, great resources across the country. Um, And that's a really, um, it's a really enriching and rewarding thing. You know, we try to give a little bit more on the positive side here because you know, I think in the intro, Patrick put it very well. Um, we're, we're lighthearted. We try to talk about stuff that, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't necessarily matter what the, um, tiers of New York hardcore bands are though. In my head, I see the, the man sitting
0: in the stands going, it's still real to me. Damn it. You know? Um, well, I don't know. After some of the pictures I've seen, those tears have gotten a little jostled. <laughs> right. Right.
1: Um, so it's, um, but we're not, we're not in the, 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 we're not really in the mood, but more so, we're more in the, the, the headspace to say this isn't the time for that. Um, throughout the COVID-19 and coronavirus stuff, uh, we've been really excited. I, I would borderline say proud of our ability to provide people with um, a welcome distraction from that. Uh, we've gotten a lot of feedback from people that we end up being a part of their lives. And that's such a cool thing. Like it's, it's crazy for a bunch for three very weird humans um, to to be in your, your ears for this many hours. Uh, I don't know how healthy that is, but, but we hope that it's been at least positive for you. So we've, we've looked at it as saying, Hey, we're, we're a healthy distraction, right? We're, we're providing something, you know, and we haven't ignored coronavirus. We haven't ignored, the impact, we've talked about it uh, at length and more so tried to hit it in in blanching kind of glances. But we've been happy to kind of talk about hardcore and this and that to just be something else because it's so overwhelming. This moment might feel overwhelming too, but what we're hoping to reiterate is that this is not something we want to distract from. Exactly. Perfectly exactly. said. So we don't want to distract you from... What you're saying, we want you to focus in on it, think about it, how it impacts you, how it impacts the people around you, how it impacts people who aren't around you, um, why those people who aren't around you aren't around you. Um, These are all really important things. Um, I think be curious, look around, see the different forms of media that are out there. Examine them for yourselves. Uh, look at the resources that are out there even more. Um, this country has been a pretty twisted place for a long time. And uh, to me, the one of my biggest problems with the Trump campaign and Trump regime um, and the rise of fascism in America is is this make America great Great again concept. Because there have been times to me that America was great. And it was times of great creativity and great thought and great cultural experiences and and all of these different milieus. Um, And I think that my concept of that is completely different from the concept that, that the Trump camp would have, the make America great again because to them, I think that racial oppression and class warfare and, and uh, state control are are their picture of a great America. And to me, the things that they purport as being great are the ugliest pieces of America. And it's it's really sad to me. Um, I I think it betrays a lot of good people. Um, that this idea of America and American exceptionalism is is still out there because, yo, we all need to look hard in the mirror at what's going on and what's been going on for hundreds of years. But but let's look at the modern period and see that things just aren't right. So, you know, I'm now on my soapbox, but my last point is this – there's a lot of things that we'd love to talk about, but now's not the time for it. And we will talk about it because we don't want this conversation to distract from the awful murder of George Floyd, the killing of lots of other unarmed black people (laughs) across this country, uh, seemingly senselessly, um, and that we need to re-examine what our definitions of, Um, of America are, what what we think this country is, what we think police are. Um, I think that the law enforcement system of this country has been using this term serve and protect as a smokescreen for an awful lot of time. And um, what they are is they're not here. They're not servants to serve and protect. Their job is to enforce law. And theoretically, those laws are supposed to serve and protect. The laws are supposed to serve and protect. And then the the police force is here to enforce those laws. (laughs) But I think we all would acknowledge that those laws were written for to serve some people and protect some people. And Everyone knows who that is. And it's just a really ugly thing. And we need to really reflect on that everyone individually collectively and have conversations about it
0: yeah and i think i mean that's a big part there needs to be reform across the board you know what i mean i can't tell you at work how many clients that we've had that have come through it's like you know them am going to jail for hopping a fucking turnstile mm-hmm, mm-hmm. On, fucking turnstile you know what i mean like stealing a fucking metro card is enough to send somebody to jail like that's fucking crazy to me and i think you know it's the, the, the laws are lopsided for certain folks, you know, yeah. against black people, against Latin, Hispanic people. Like, it just it's yeah. bullshit, you know what I mean? And I think, you know, one of the big things, well, two things, if I may, if I may Please, get back go, on. go, go. Two things that I found incredibly, um, I, I found pretty interesting, um, just kind of going crazy and just reading everything um, past couple of days. I think one of the big things I can't—I feel bad now. I can't think of the person, the man who was saying this. Um, but um, if I can find it out, we can put it in notes or whatever. Yeah, yeah, sure. But he was saying like one of the big things that they're looking to implement. He's an African American dude from Brooklyn, of course, because Brooklyn's the best. Um, he's saying that like you know, cops are able to do this stuff kind of with no repercussions legally, as we've seen. But even you know, so you know, a lot there's a lot of settlements out of court, right? When a cop decides to beat the shit out of somebody, right? Who's paying for that? The taxpayers. There's no his idea, which I thought was pretty fucking brilliant, was to like those those settlements come out of the pension. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Are you going to be so likely to stand idly by when that dude is costing you, you know? every fucking hit on a, on a person of color's back is costing you 10 grand. Right. You're going to fucking step in when it's your money. Right. Number one. And number two, I was having this conversation with my old mom, you mm-hmm. know, and she's hundred percent on board, you know what I mean? And she, you know, kind of it's the same kind of thing. It's like, yeah, but I feel so bad about like, you know, it, it, you know, she didn't, her thought was like, you don't want the riots to kind of take away from the message and blah, 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 you know? And I was like, yeah. mom, you know, Colin Kaepernick had a peaceful protest. No one paid yeah. attention. People called him son, a son of a bitch and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. And I was like, lest I remind you of the our, Irish people's, you know, yeah. history. The only thing once shit started happening, it was, there was a fucking uprising Yep. and stuff had to get burned and stuff had to happen for this shit to really kind of, for real change to happen, you know? And I think, you know, the one thing that she brought up and I mean, obviously it was a different time. Of course. Um, but like, so she was like, the whole thing that, you know, in Brooklyn especially, they changed the laws and I don't know why, but I mean, I probably couldn't guess, which is the huge problem. And I was talking to Brian about this too. It's sort of, you used to be the policeman, the cop where you lived. Right. Right. You know what I mean? So you would walk around. to so you were inherently part of the community. And they'd be like, Bob, how you doing? Like everyone would know you. So that fear was taken out of the fucking equation on both sides. Right. You know, like my mom would tell these story, like telling me a story about like, she named some, I forget, some invariably some Irish cop that was like the beat, the beat cop in her neighborhood in Sunset Park in Brooklyn, right?
1: Right. And like,
0: he, you know, she's like all, all of our friends when we were teenagers, we'd be betting outside, like literally like playing cards for money. Yeah. Completely illegal. But that dude didn't want to fucking bust balls. So what he would do, he would hit the building with his stick. Oh, like drag it along so they knew he was like coming. Before he got around the corner, kind of like put it away. He would turn come around the corner and would be like, hey buddy. And because what I mean in reality, what crime are they are they committing? None. Right. right. You know what I mean? And I think, you know, kind of I understand the call for like kind of the the sort of you know, police going away forever. And I, you know, there's I'm reading this book now called the End of Policing which is, um, it's, it's on like, I think it's verso.com. Um, it's, if you have a e-reader, you can um, download it for free. Just really like fascinating stuff. And like, you know, what things could actually, you know, I mean, you know, there were, there were stats that like, when, when the cops went on strike, crime went down, right? Like actually went down, not just because it was no right? Like, like stuff just stopped happening. You know, and I think there just needs to be reform in terms of like transparency. You know, you can't know what the what happened to that cop who did X, Y, and Z. D, or yeah. brother, sister, cousin, mother, father. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think that's a huge part of what really, really needs to happen. And people need to fucking do time. Like you, just because you know, if if it's something you would have gotten arrested for as a fucking civilian. You need to get arrested for it as a fucking police officer. You know
1: you, what would mean? All, you would think that the responsibility threshold would be higher when you're the person enforcing the rules if you break a rule. But
0: uh, time and again, we've seen that not to be the truth. Um, right. And it's the education and the training. Like someone was like, yo, you have to like go to law school for like five years to become a lawyer. You go to like two months of police training and you're a cop. Right, like that's fucking crazy. Like I even see that, like with the 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 different training, and they they're kind of changing. Like, so if we have a client that comes to the office that is like psychotic, right, and very not well, and needs to be hospitalized, right, and and they're kind of a threat, like they're threatening suicide, they're threatening to hurt somebody, like we have to call EMS on them. Invariably, the cops show up first, right, and now we have to manage. Uh that client who's not doing well with the other clients in the office that are shitting their pants because a cop showed up and it's not a cop. It's four five, six by the time the ambulance comes. But now they're sort of at least trying. I mean, I don't know how well it's going so far, but like there's like social workers embedded with these teams and like professionals that know more about, you know, working with people that have mental health issues and not, you yeah. know, not some guy who went to like fucking, there's no offense to anybody, but like you went, you got sixty credits at community college, and now you're in charge of something that could take, you know, eight lives in about ten seconds. Right. right. You know what I mean? Like right. it's a fucking, you know, it's a lot of of um, responsibility to put on people that are not, are either not ready for it, not willing to accept it. You know what I mean? Like you know, it's. And, and I look at folks that are like, I joined because I want it to be like the change. And then you just get fucking pulled up into that bullshit, the fucking thin blue line and all the stuff. Yeah. And then, you know what I mean? Then, it, yeah, there's, it, so, it, there's something that happens. And uh, I mean,
1: we plan to. So I think it's safe to say, and we're going to get Patrick in here. Um, but, but I think it's safe to say one of the big points of this, uh, a somewhat abbreviated episode is this isn't a conversation we want to just be like, hey, by the way, this is happening. Here's the one drop in. Boop, boop. Um, We kind of want to continue some of these conversations. They feel uh, both oddly relevant to hardcore and the the kind of continuous conversation that's been happening um, within hardcore and punk music uh, since it started, um, obviously of the time and, and more so, um, important to having the conversation as, uh, the makeup of hardcore, you know, like we are three white dudes. Um, and that's not that weird in hardcore. Uh, but having these kind of conversations is worthwhile to everyone, uh, hopefully. And it's really, worthwhile to us and we want to get some different voices in. But so we're going to continue these conversations and, and give some nuance to some of these ideas that we think should have nuance, but maybe now's not right. The time to dive hard on some of that odd ins and outs, because these are both very simple and easy things, right? Like it is simple. Black it people
0: are straightforward.
1: Right. Black people are not treated the same or treated well by the law enforcement arm of our country and quite honestly a lot of other systems in our country just outright and that's not right and i think i was listening to a a sports podcast and they tried to delicately address this and eh, it did a so-so job but one of the things that one of the guys said was that he you know he was a little bit older than us but he was like you know i feel like our generation did a bad job of handling this. And I think our parents' generation didn't do a great job of, of keeping this in the crosshairs either. And the one thing that this guy who was, you know, kind of a get off my lawn type of dude, generally speaking, but he, he was like, you know, I I think for a lot of younger people, they're doing a great job of saying, no, we're not going to let this slide. And, uh, we would like to keep that energy more so than anything else, you know, because it's important. Um, patrick yes (laughs) good night (laughs) Uh, talk a little bit tell us tell us uh some of your more i mean some of this stuff is painfully obvious right like it's it's almost hard to talk about because it's like duh clearly but
2: yeah uh, listen i I, i'll uh i want to say firstly that um I don't. Th- you guys read the emails. I don't, but I presume that no ardent racists have written us. Is that true?
1: No. Even when we've asked for people who are, we made a call out for if there were any Trump listeners in our audience, Trump fan listeners, and not Sorry. not members of the Trump family. Um, but <laughs> but but we got no emails, no messages from anyone. So okay. uh, we're, this, we're, but they're not owning up. But maybe, and if you are like, like that is an open call because we want to hear from different people, even if we think you're a dumbass, but you know,
2: well, here's the reason I ask is because, uh, I don't presume that we have too many, uh, militant racists in our listenership, but I do assume that there is uh, a wide variety of things that strike people's, uh, uh, the strike a chord with people and, and matter to people. And there's, it's entirely possible that we have some listeners who, uh, might abstractly understand, uh, the, the they might understand that George Floyd was a man and therefore it needed the dignity to not be killed in the street, but they don't necessarily understand. Uh, they don't have a relationship with black people. Let me put it like that. Okay. And, I I don't think that that's impossible. So I want to appeal to everybody at this time by making it clear that this applies to everybody. And what I mean by that is, like, let's say that, You have no standing relationship with black people. You went to high school with two black people. They weren't your fucking friends. You just knew them. You uh, started your job in a small town where you got one Mexican friend, but that's about as dark as it's getting. And your life is largely unaffected by the problems of black people. Okay. Okay. I fully, I pass through this country multiple times a year in full. So I understand that you exist. Uh, and I don't think that where you live is a crime. So, but let me make this clear to you that if you do not have black friends, if you do not know black people, uh, yes, it would behoove you as a human being to understand that these people are, are entitled to their rights. But I want to make it clear how this now affects you directly. Uh, so a militarized police force Uh, it it, under Trump essentially in, in other, in no uncertain terms, although different words, threatening martial law is of grave concern to anyone who, anyone in the sound of my fucking voice, it no longer matters what color you are or what uh, sympathies you have or compassion you might have in your heart. It no longer fucking matters. It applies to you very directly because your rights are being stripped of you very directly. So, uh, your your freedom uh, of peaceful peaceable assembly was just compromised today, and that should matter to you if you are like a gun toting uh, constitutional uh, literalist. If that is you, then you should fucking take arms today because your rights were just compromised. The ones that you value that were enshrined in your constitution were compromised today. So. Uh, I I just want to make it clear that if we have a plurality in our listenership, people with all sorts of different experiences, uh, again, maybe everyone in the sound of my voice abstractly understands that human beings deserve dignity and rights, but maybe it doesn't affect them so they're able to go through their day. I'm trying to tell you now that it definitely directly affects you. Uh, Next up, I want to talk about why... uh, Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, so,
2: <laughs> but see, here's the uh, thing. No, here's no, the thing. I don't I, think I don't think you need to be woke to have the position that your rights are sacrosanct. I think you can be an ignorant no, piece of shit. No, no. And, and, uh, so, it, 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 next up is uh, I'm hearing, I'm seeing a lot of silence equals violence. You're compl- you, you are complicit if you're not speaking out. Okay, uh, I'd like to address that right now. Um, this, that notion uh, clashes with the other notion of, hey, this isn't your story to tell. Perhaps let black people do their fucking thing right now and be the people that are talking. So those two things can be in grave contrast, and you, I can understand where somebody would be confused by that. I also think that here's an important thing to remember. Here's why I'm not being particularly vocal on social media at this moment. A, it's because I have three podcasts and I can explain things in greater detail. B, it's because here's what I witnessed the last couple of days. There's an incredibly serious thing happening and I take it very seriously. So if I open myself, if I just have some heterodox fucking take on the situation that invites criticism, that invites scrutiny and internet bullshit, I'm fine with that. But the moment is serious enough that I feel like I'm taking something away from the focus if I make it about me. And I would like those of you who jump to the idea that anybody not offering their opinion at this moment is somehow a sneaky white supremacist or some shit. Right. To consider To consider the fact that, firstly... There's a great many people who are doing a great many things behind the scenes. And secondly, more to my point is, yo, I've never been able to get a thing out of my mouth without it being controversial in some way and have some idiot fucking fight with me. And when something is as serious as this immediate fucking problem, I don't see any purpose in like, I'm, I'm going to scold some people right now again, don't lose the plot. This isn't about making it about you. I forgive you. If you devoted more than 30 seconds to Toby Morris this week, you're fucking it up. You're fucking up. There's a serious thing happening. I don't need to be reading about your fucking problems with Toby Morris. You understand? So, is this serious? If it is, then drop the bullshit and focus on the serious thing. This is like, you know I don't get like hella serious about much. But if this is like, if this is as serious as I believe it to be, and as many of you say it is to you, then act accordingly. Don't do the weird, hey, somebody said something that makes me mad. I'm going to spend this day pilloring them instead of focusing on the fucking thing that you said was the most important thing in the world just moments before. So I want everybody, if this is a serious matter to you, then don't just spend your time condemning other people for saying the wrong thing or for fucking uh, not saying it enough or whatever. Focus on the fucking thing, my dude. And that's why, like, again, by saying this, I've opened myself up to criticism, but I want you to, I want to be clear. I'm happy to argue with you after this. I'm happy for you to say whatever fucking bullshit you want about me. It's fine. I get canceled three times a year as it is. I'm just suggesting this is an important moment keep your eye on the prize
1: so what can I respond yeah, <laughs> yeah you, go ahead go for it go Tom so we're doing uh, Skip Bayless versus uh, who's on the show with Skip Bayless who knows at this point Not I don't Skip even Bayless. know it's yeah well I can well, Shannon Sharp Shannon Sharp who is it Shannon Sharp that's right oh nice. I like Shannon like you can be Shannon
0: Sharp yeah go um this episode is made possible by PWC Hey, this is Chris Swinney, formerly of the Ataris and currently host of That One Time on Tour, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Have you ever wondered what it's really like on the road? The highs can be euphoric, but the lows can be crushing. Join me every week as I chat with industry pros about what it's like living out their wildest dream and, in some cases, their worst nightmare. Past guests of the show include members of NoFX, Pennywise, Bad Religion, and more. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and, in turn, make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to EvergreenPodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. I don't know. This might be more I can't tell. Whatever. Well, I get, you know, keeping your eye on the prize. I will only, I will say this much. I think there's a way to multitask, number one, and kind of keeping things prioritized while still calling for accountability on people in your same community.
2: I understand that. That
0: I get the whole, like, you didn't say anything, so you're you're obviously, I, I understand that part. But like, if you know someone who's proactively not, you know, playing both sides of the fence. I think there's, a, you have enough bandwidth to call that out. No one is paying attention to people being like the dude selling n racism shirts and posting pictures with cops. No one doing that is being like, wait, what are we arguing about? Like they fucking got there. They're still paying attention. That took no, fucking three minutes. To fucking doctor a tweet. You know what I mean? Author a tweet.
2: Listen, I, I, I get that, but he, here's my counterpoint to that, which is, I think the major failing of social media and we could, and I could argue certain ideologies is that they place everything on the same, same bandwidth. They, they, they make everything, they make Adam driver being canceled the same as something that is deadly serious. And I'm not suggesting that anybody in our listenership or in the world thought that George Floyd's murder and uh, Toby selling tacky pink sweatshirts Uh, is of the same importance. Not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is that it's a social media brain disease that we constantly are talking about things at high volume. And right now, I don't know if there's need to talk about anything else. Do you understand? Like, like, and actually let me defend talking about something else in the same breath, which is people still got to go to work. So if you, if you sell your ass and that's what you have to do to feed yourself, and people are jumping on you saying, hey, don't, not today, not today, like it's too serious. Don't listen to them. You still have to go to work just because you have an irregular job, just because you, you sell foot pics or whatever the fuck you do. Don't, don't listen to people's, like, yo, you can be serious about this matter and still feed your family. So I, I'm seeing a lot of that. I'm seeing people, basically, Tom, here, here's my point with the Toby Morris thing I'm not a Toby Morris apologist. I I, I don't care about this. I'm just saying that I I'm seeing the type of, okay, let me put it like this. Um, you you know, when a dog gets really panicked and doesn't know what's going on and they bite, but they're not trying, they, they, their intention is not to kill you. It's that there's, they're overstimulated and there's just too much fucking going on. People behave the same way when there's an overwhelmingly scary thing happening in the world. They will turn on each other because it's it's there's something less scary in that there's something like it is some small comfort like listen dunking on Toby Morris would be a fun afternoon you know what I mean but I'm saying like yo the ticky tacky shit is over leave it alone until we're like somebody feels good about this circumstance so I yes I understand a tweet takes ten seconds it doesn't consume anybody's life I understand that. And I also understand that dunking on people when they do something fucking dumb is fun, and everybody needs to be a living human being, even during this thing. I get it, but I just think that that circular firing squad, when when literally they're uh, they're banging on the gates, uh, like you know what I mean. Like I just think that that circular 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 firing squad is on its best day unhelpful, but. When the barbarians are at the gates knocking down your door, it's a complete waste of our time.
0: Right. I get that. But I'm saying the whole point was that a friend of ours, a friend of mine, was like kind of being like – before this all popped off, was like, hey, you going to donate any of that money? Hmm. Because literally everyone in the fucking country is donating their money. And dude was like looking into it and then he started deleting shit. So then, you know what? Then you open yourself up to be like, I don't know, man, that's not the move. You know, like that's the whole point. It wasn't like I'm going to dunk on you because I can dunk on you. It was kind of like, yo, we kind of were just like, hey, you know what? Like you're selling these fucking ugly ass t-shirts for 45 bucks. Maybe throw five bucks to like a fucking cause. What's going on right now? Especially someone, you know, you love to say how much you love rap and, you know, all this fucking bullshit. Like, all right. So, you know what? Donate 300 bucks to someplace. Whatever the, you know what I mean? And I think that preface the whole, like, this wasn't like a dunking for dunking's sake. It was kind of like, you know, like Sean Kemp was like coming down the lane and had to like uh, dunk on somebody and like drop his nuts in the guy's face because, you know. And also, before, let's end this on a positive thing. Let's not fucking talk about H2O. Come on. Jesus Christ. I would like to reiterate.
2: My friends look out for me like that. family.
0: Uh, you sound just like him. <laughs> um, I, I, Bob and I talked about it um, before, earlier And I think it needs to be reiterated No matter what you May be able to do Whether it be protest, whether it be Whatever, or donate To the, to the myriad Of places that are, are in need of help Whether it be bail funds, Black Lives Matter All these different, there's so much stuff going on Nothing Is too little You know what I mean? There's going to be folks that are having a fucking moment, you know what I mean? Our brothers in Mind Force, right? We love them more than anything. Best fucking dudes. And we, we're going to have Jay on at some point to kind of discuss this. But like, they put a shirt on, shirt out, it hit. They raise a fucking shit ton of money. Abuse of power raise a shit ton of money, right? If your band or your label or your fucking band camp, lit, you know, raise 200 bucks, you know what? That 200 bucks will get somebody out of jail. Yeah, f- furthermore... Bail is not that expensive. And, and,
2: and Tom, you could talk about, like, uh, you know, we, we probably, my 20-minute uh, d- d- strident defense of Toby Morris and everything he has ever done, probably... Uh, you really try to get drug charge
0: on that fucking main support
2: slot, God goddamn. We just <laughs> yeah, want to play Sao Paulo. Sao Paulo! We just want to play Sao Paulo with, with fucking H2L. I get it. I get it.
0: That's why people are nice when they need, you know, they want him to headline something or fucking be played, you know, their band to be main support on. Like, I see you.
2: Here's okay. my point. <laughs> I took us off the rails. It may, it, we probably
0: could have used shockingly <laughs> enough.
2: We probably could have used that time. You explaining to people why bail is so important, but yeah, I mean, sure. We can, we can get back to that in a second. Uh,
0: I, 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 <laughs> about Toby again because I'm going to come to California beat the shit out of you
2: in front of <laughs> I, I just want to say he has one hit it's pretty good no what I want to say <laughs> is, what I want to say is um, regarding the amount that you're capable of giving uh, yeah. if Mindforce gives $10,000 and you're only able to give 300 well listen don't feel like you, th- you, that you're not capable or some shit nobody thought your band was as big as Mindforce you understand, like, it, like there, there's no force, like
1: mind force. didn't think that mind force. Would mind force it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it just happened, so and it's amazing. They're excited. Don't
2: worry about it. Like, drug church put up a shirt. I I won't even know. They'll just tell me how much it went. But if it made, if it cleared the cost, and then I could make five sure. bucks, I'd be pretty fucking satisfied. You know what yeah. I mean? So it, it just whatever you can fucking do it is whatever you can do.
1: And, and let me put this too, because I want to connect this to some of the things that Patrick was saying, some of the things Tom said, some of the things we talked about before this. Give what you can, whether that's money, whether that's your time, whether that's um, things that you generate, your band, whatever, or if you can't do those things, and there's people who are listening to this who can't, who don't have the extra 20 bucks, who don't have you can talk about it. That's good. But maybe you're not that person. That's okay. I'm saying to people, this is also a good time to listen. And that might stir you to talk. But it's a good time to listen. And I, I, there's a lot of things out there, a lot of resources. So, so do that stuff. Um, if anything... I think that a lot of people are attempting to educate themselves or, or learn or just get to know what the hell is going on. And, you know, it's hard to say I'm hopeful. Um, I, I would like to be more hopeful than I am. But what I certainly am is trying to be hopeful that we'll see change. And and that's all that I would ask of people is try to be hopeful, and try to enact change within yourself because that's where it can start. So, um, uh, thank you everybody for joining us. Anything you, you guys got? Any other closing comments? Anything else you want to touch on before we we check out here?
0: Pat, you better put on another thirty pounds because we're shooting a fair one when you get back
1: east. <laughs> Listen,
2: I got my man. Uh, you know he's part of Alleyway Crew. That's uh, Toby. So here's the deal.
0: Uh, I got two of the guys that might have a word with you. If you want to go
2: that route. So here's the the deal. Um, We are going to, uh, I don't know what, listen, this is where I sound old. Uh, uh, I don't know what the kids say. We're going to amplify your fucking shit. If you, if we put out a call, people that are doing things that are positive, we're just going to use this week as an opportunity to fucking big up them. And look, everybody, you don't need to feel guilty about buying a fucking shirt where the money all goes to something. It's all good. Everybody do what the fuck you need to do. If you want to bypass the shirt and give directly to, to uh, do me, that. Pers- me personally, I find, I find the bail relief to be, uh, the most, directly helpful, but, but that's another thing is you get to decide where your money goes and what you think is important and how you best think that you can enact change. So just take, like Bob says, take the fucking 10 minutes. You know what I mean? Just look into what suits your sensibilities. I trust everybody in our listenership is a good enough person to have some aspect of this speak to them and mean like, I think that this is the failure of charities, by the way, or, or failures of, of this type of conversation there, you know, not everybody is a, it, 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 it doesn't ring the same to everybody. And, but there is an aspect of most things that would make sense to you if you tried. So go look into it. If there's types of charities that make more sense to you than others, then give to those. But we're going to be doing our best to to uh, big up all the hardcore, all the adjacent, and all the basically anybody that sends us a valid fucking link to to say, hey, here's the thing that you should make yourself aware of to our listenership, and, and uh, that's what we're going to do. And Tom, I I totally squandered the fact that you have a law degree. We should have talked about why bail is so important. It's like to me, it's the most important part of this conversation. But
0: uh, well, I mean, you can probably talk about it like while you're flying home. <laughs> ah. Ah. So, I, I'm just—I'll shut up. I'm just uh, so um, with a law degree. I'll just—you know what? I'll, you guys talk it out. I'm just gonna be over here. Fucking. Why,
1: why, why don't you? Why don't you close us out, Tom? Take us home. Fuck Pat.
0: <laughs> no, no. All right, there's, bail, there's bail reform going on before this, and that took a fucking long time to get to. But I think you'd be surprised, like you know your three hundred dollars from a, from your band account, whatever you can do, if if every fucking band and every label put in two hundred bucks, you know how fucking, you know, how much we could help. Um and I think, you know, we had talked about we'll do that ourselves, like as a podcast, you know, as but like no matter what it is, it all adds up, you know, and folks aren't, you know, the the the, the folks that are getting arrested for like I mean, the laws are in diff- different in every state or whatever. But some kind of obstruction or some kind of, you know, unlawful, you know, concrete, whatever the fuck, you know. The for the most part, the bails aren't onerous. They're onerous if you don't have the money, which is what the fucking right. point is. They're trying to fuck people that don't have money. But you know what? You know, if someone could give, you know, did a merch deal on on their fucking big cartel or you know, or whatever that 250 bucks is a fucking huge difference. A huge difference. You know what I mean? If it's 10 bucks, if it's 10,000 bucks, all of it counts. So like, don't, you know, and, and like Bob was saying, you know, if you don't have money, cause it's fucking 40 million people are out at work right now, you know, and if you're for whatever reason, if you're, you know, you're, you're got health concerns that, you know, we're also in the middle of a fucking pandemic, which, you know,
2: Right. Filling the jail seems stupid. Huh? Filling the jail seems stupid at this moment.
0: I mean, doesn't it seem ridiculous? But I mean, I think people are kind of, it kind of precludes those folks from taking part and being an active role and taking an active role. If it's literally, you know, something that could really, you know, affect them. So like, you know, everyone's got their own kind of situation. Get in where you fit in, do whatever you can, whether it be just fucking signal boosting stuff. You know, reaching out to politicians or, like, sharing real articles mm-hmm. and real fucking news and not fucking ridiculous. Like, look at the goddamn the, – whatever comes after the dot means a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, That's a big – you know what I mean? Um,
1: have, have the difficult conversation with your uncle or your aunt or your mom or your dad or your brother or your sister or the people in your lives who – who uh, aren't on the same wavelength, who aren't thinking this is an issue, um, I promise you there is someone in your circle to to probably 80% of these listeners right now, 80% of people listening, there's someone, if you don't have time, money, anything else to give, there's somebody in your circle who you could say, hey, what you think ain't the way. You need to think about things a little differently. And that's 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 a... That's a Yo, I don't, that's, 100%. that's, that's, yeah, that's, that's like a, and by the way, that, that's the equivalent of a thousand dollar donation to some shit to me. Like that's, that's a heavy fucking thing to do. So don't, right. don't underrate
0: your ability to do things. Right. And there's some people that, you know, what are fucking, they believe, what they believe and whatever, you know, but you'll have meaningful conversations with folks. And if you're able to kind of posit things in a certain way, they go, Oh, like, um, all right. Two last things. One last thing. As many as you need, buddy. All right. Yeah. Just I'm, I'm on one. I'm, I apologize. Um, you know, having this conversation, you know, like my mom, very liberal, Irish Catholic lady, you know, and we were having this conversation and I was like, you know, I, I always had this thought like when I'm on like the train, you know, or like the subway coming home from work or whatever, and I see, you know, young black kid with with their family, you know, mother father says whatever you know them playing everybody's laughing or whatever in my head invariably I go they're gonna have to fucking worry that that kid's not gonna come home one night for do no fault of his own you know what I mean and, and I'm having this conversation with my mom and I was like you know when I was a kid I mean believe me I'm going to fucking I'm 16 going to fucking CBGB's and like fucking hardcore shows of actual felons you're like and you know I was like, did you ever worry that I was not going to come home because the police were going to kill me? And she's like, no. And I was like, you might have been worried some drunk driver might have fucking killed me or, you know, something might have happened, you know, but like you never for a second thought of that, right? And she's like, no. And that's really the conversation you need to have because those, you know, black folks are living with that, you know, in the back of their head or in the forefront. Right. Every fucking day of their lives. Like, could you imagine that being removed from your fucking thought process and not have to worry that, like, you know, your son breaks down on the side of a fucking highway and can call 911 for help and not have to worry about getting fucking shot, like, or getting choked or or someone coming into the wrong fucking house looking for someone who's not lived there for God knows how long and it was already in police custody? You know what I mean? I think to, to be able to remove that. You know, and and I think you know, and that's kind of where all of our privileges come from. You know what I mean? And I think yeah. you really have to consider that—that that it's like that never crossed my mom's mind. We were in a, lived in a tough neighborhood. Like I was out all fucking times night going to fucking shows and shit like that. Not once was any kind of you know state-run authority a concern of hers. Right. But we got. We've gotten pulled over we've gotten you know cops coming up with the lights like not for a fucking half a second do we go like if I reach wrong to this glove compartment to get the fucking registration something may go wrong yeah I'm shot, right you know what I'm saying like really I mean that's a conversation you can have with with anybody and make it fucking tangible and kind of you know just think just think of that. that that could be the starting point did you ever have to worry about one of your kids you know you know, kind of coming home from, from a situation, you know, and worrying like having a, a copy of a concern. And also to that point, and then I will really stop talking because it's supposed to be half an hour. Now it's 50 minutes, you know, the whole, like, but not all cops thing, which I hear quite often, the way I kind of formulated this when I was talking to my mom and, you know, this may, may kind of hit home. Maybe it won't. It's the same way that we, you know, we look at men who act out and you're automatically, you're like, well, not all guys are like that. But you know what though? It's the equivalent of like, if I'm at a party and a friend of mine is acting untoward another person, most likely, you know, like a woman, right? And I don't do anything. I'm no better than he is. So, you know, you might be the best fucking cop in the world that got, had all the right intentions and you've never done a goddamn thing to somebody. But if you stand idly by and let shit happen, you know better. And right. I think that's the way to look at. It.
2: Which this moment is highlighting in in uh, no uncertain terms. Uh, to, if we have any law enforcement, I assume that we must. Uh, law enforcement listeners. Uh, what Tom said, look, I don't expect you to fucking quit your job today. I know that life is fucking complex and like, it can't be the idealist shit that I'm able to spout from over here. That doesn't have any fucking kids and all this. I get it. Fuck whatever. But, uh, th- this notion that, uh, I've watched a number of police videos in the last few days from the last few days where officers acted like actual fucking deranged sociopaths and, the most reprimand they got in the moment. And I fear they'll get period is another officer holding them back after a few fucking uh, punches were thrown. So that's not the same as checking your person. Like you got to check that dude. You know what I mean? And I I don't think, so I'm not going to come to you with some fire and brimstone shit. Like you need to go in a parking lot and fucking write in your own blood that you're a pig and then shoot yourself in the head. I'm not doing some melodramatic kid shit. I'm just telling you that, hey, what Tom's saying is true. You can't be the guy hearing the rape and not see yourself as a rapist. It just is what it is. You can't be the guy that's watching some fucking Puerto Rican kid get his head split open and not feel like a racist. It it, it just there's Good Samaritan laws. They should apply equally to you.
1: Right. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, be safe out there.
2: Yes, please.